Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shift, podcast about mobility. I'm Pete Bigelow, your host and reporter at the Automotive News. I'm joined here today by the rest of our Shift Mobility team, editor Leslie Allen and reporter Alexa St. John. And we have a special guest as well, Automotive News publisher Jason Stein. Welcome, everyone. Hi, Pete. Hey, Pete. Thank you, Pete. Good afternoon. Uh, As you guys know, it's been a remarkable week uh, for the country, for the auto industry, and for us personally. Uh, We are... We're taping our podcast today via Zoom for the first time and all working from home as we navigate coronavirus. Uh, you know, I think this has been a, you know, challenging would be a massive understatement to say it's been a challenging week for the auto industry. But uh, Jason, what are, what are some of the headlines that you are seeing as everyone kind of grapples with the new uh, economic reality? Well, Pete, I think that the the headlines, first of all, have been uh, numerous. And uh, it uh, one of our reporters had said earlier this week that the proverbial fire hose has been open and, and we have had our mouths on the end of it trying to drink as fast as we possibly could. We, we haven't had a week like this, um, at least for me, since the bankruptcies uh, going back to 08 and, and 09. Just the, the velocity of the news, the severity of the news, the 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 pace in that it has touched every corner of our universe uh, from obviously dealerships who are grappling uh, with their with the lack of sales to tiered suppliers who've been affected now by um, shutdowns that automakers have now decided to put in place and all you have to do is take a quick look at our homepage on any given day to see that every sector of this industry uh, has been has been touched. Um, you you go to um, Pennsylvania showrooms closed, service departments open. Uh, California situation very unclear given the fact that um, mo- uh, all of that state now forty million people um, essentially in a lockdown mode. Uh, relief plans being crafted by automakers, financing companies coming up with their own um, relief programs for dealers so that. Uh, the, you know, there are deferred payments of up to 120 days in some cases. So no, there is no part of this business, even down to the rental car companies, Hertz and Avis and Enterprise, uh, looking for a federal relief. There are no parts that are untouched here. And Jason, is there is there federal relief on the horizon yet for the auto industry in particular? And uh, you know, what sort of things are people starting to mention when they talk about crafting that sort of uh, governmental backup? Yeah, so that's just kind of come in the last 24 hours. And uh, the question was asked uh, primarily by uh, Michigan Governor uh, Whitmer, who's very concerned about the finances, most importantly, of the auto parts suppliers, those, those tiered suppliers who need uh, the most relief in that uh, they're just not set up from a capital standpoint to be able to weather something like this. And the Motor Equipment Manufacturers Association had asked uh, Congress to create what they called a manufacturing emergency assistance grant. That's just to keep the doors open and to prevent bankruptcies because manufacturing is such a key part to this whole equation. And uh, when when you look at economic relief, it, it does need to be uh, widespread. We've seen it in other industries. We've we've seen the airlines already asking for financial help. Uh, other other industries, but 
when when you look at just the 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 impact that these companies have had um, already this year, last year with respect to tariffs, this is just another layer. And um, President Trump had said uh, just just late this week that the administration is going to help the industry in some way. Uh, he's he said that he's cognizant that that there needs to be uh, some assistance that is crafted. Uh, what what that is right now, we don't know. But um, you know, there's so much going on within Congress right now related to relief uh, at various sectors, and even just the the American uh, citizen who likely will um, be part of an aid package, that the auto industry will step up and be uh, front and center. And um, we also saw the Alliance for Automotive Innovation, uh, John Bazella, saying that its group is really focusing on broad economic support, um, suggesting two phases of stimulus um, that could be up to a trillion dollars. What I think is uh, kind of interesting also, Jason, is that just how the automakers stepped up pretty early, just like General Motors did um, right after 9-11. You know, they're basically coming back with this, uh, you know, what was it, Keep America Rolling program back then? And now they're, again, offering 0% financing for 84 months. I mean, I think that's pretty remarkable. And um, I'm wondering, will we also see any kind of a cash for clunkers type program come through? Because I know that was a pretty big boost for the economy right after the recession. Yeah, I, it, it's really interesting. Uh, Hyundai was really one of the first ones uh, to step forward. And what they did is they, they crafted their assurance uh, campaign again, and they, and they turned it around within less than 24 hours. Um, Jose Munoz telling me that it was something that uh, quite literally uh, was tabled on a Thursday night and then released on, on a Friday. Uh, you, we've seen many other automakers stepping forward. BMW of North America just late this week instituting a large-scale relief plan to help its U.S. dealers. The issue here is just preserving liquidity and making sure that um, uh, empty showrooms and service drives don't lead to insolvency. All right, Jason, you mentioned uh, suppliers earlier. I want to turn to Alexa for a moment. Uh, obviously, Alexa, you uh, cover suppliers front and center. What is the latest from the, uh, from the supply chain? Well, we definitely saw uh, a few suppliers kind of kick into gear um, right after uh, a lot of the OEMs started ceasing production around the globe uh, this week. Um, Continental, Bosch, uh, Delphi Technologies, they were among the first suppliers to, to say that they would be also following suit, you know, halting production. Um, but there are still many that are, that are kind of hesitant uh, to say anything quite yet many declining to comment to automotive news. Um, a lot are saying they're just not sure what they will be doing. Um, so it's it's been an interesting response from suppliers. And, you know, experts that I've spoken to just over the last couple of days have said, when looking at the supply industry now, it's in somewhat better shape than it was at the time of the recession, you know, just over a decade ago. Uh, but, you know, many are also arguing that that this shock to the system, it, it could be, you know, substantially greater uh, than it was in, in 08. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how suppliers continue to respond to this, um, whether more in the coming days will be uh, willing to also, you know, hold off on production for now. Um, but there, there seems to be a lot of questions left uh, still to be answered uh, when it comes to the supply base. 
Um, now I'm curious on your end, Pete, um, what all is going on with, with our mobility providers? You know, that's a great question, Alexa. It's so uh, interesting and, and scary to be in a mobility world where suddenly mobility is almost a, a dirty word. We're all supposed to be shuttering in place uh, or, or will be shortly. And uh, I think the mobility companies are just grappling with how do they ride this out? Uh, and to Jason's earlier point, how do they stay solvent during this uh, you know, period of time that we really don't know how long it's going to last? Uh, you may have seen that Lime scooters have shuttered a lot of their operations around the globe. Uh, not all of them, but most. You have companies like Waymo uh, ending drives that have human safety drivers aboard in their uh, self-driving pilot project in Phoenix, but they are continuing with some of their, their rides in the Chrysler Pacificas that are truly driverless. So in, in one way, they're seeing this as an opportunity to improve health and you know, provide reassurance to riders that, that they are healthy in clean vehicles when you take a, a human being out from behind the wheel. Uh, you know, turning to the general ride hailing segment right now, looking at Uber and Lyft, searching for supplies to send to their drivers uh, to ensure that their vehicles stay clean. And, uh, you know, I, I think broadly we're looking at mass transit use and ridership uh, dramatically falling in all U.S. cities this week. So, so really on the mobility front, it's, a, you know, a giant question mark almost truly to say what the ramifications are other than the fact that, uh, you know, I think some of these companies are, are hoping that this might be a, a six to eight week, uh, you know, slowdown in business versus something that might be longer and more ominous. A, a big concern, Pete. Um, you know, I, I talk to our European folks all the time. And Luca Ciaferi, who is our associate publisher and editor of Automotive News Europe, is quarantined uh, in northern Italy and has been for quite some time. If, if the modeling of the spread of um, the coronavirus is similar to what um, has happened in Italy, if, if the modeling persists in the United States the same way, um, that would suggest that indeed the recovery is longer than most have said. Um, because as of yet, um, Luca tells me there, there is still not a peak that's been, uh, achieved. And of course, um, Italy and its Northern regions have been in quarantine now for, um, you know, more than a week. So it's, um, it's a very, very fluid situation. He can't right now see the other side of it quite yet. Um, so th that's, that's the issue with the industry right now is that we can't, really put our arms around the timing um, on on the impact and or the um, the uh, prevailing nature of the disease. One thing I'm wondering about, you know, we were talking about mobility. One of the analysts that we talked to uh, from Navigant Research has uh, pointed out that this could be a long-term use of drones and driverless delivery bots. I know there's a company in China called Neolix that has these uh, small vans that are driverless and they have been put to use in helping deliver goods to hospital workers, et cetera. So possibly we could see more use of driverless technology. Let's say if a crisis like, like this, God forbid, should ever happen again in the mobility space. 
Now, Alexa, you talked to Neuro, and, and, and those of you who listen to the podcast know that we did have um, an executive from Neuro on the show a few weeks ago, and that's the company that has the, uh, the driverless vehicles that have just been exempted by the federal government so that they can deploy them on, on the streets of the U.S. So, Alexa, what did you hear from Neuro in terms of um, how this might affect that company? Well, um, a neuro spokesperson told me that, you know, exactly what you said, Leslie, times like these of, of crisis, of uncertainty, where mobility is, is not uh, at its finest point right now, um, times like these really highlight how these autonomous delivery services, um, you know, can benefit communities, obviously provide um, an easier way for, for people to get um, the goods that they need directly to their homes, you know, on demand, without traveling, without human-to-human contact, um, making it a lot easier for businesses to try to stay afloat uh, amid, you know, all of this uncertainty. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's fascinating. Watch how you're right. There is a very small silver lining for for um, the mobility industry in that sense. Now, um, Jason, I wanted to ask you, one of the reasons that we wanted to make sure we had you on the show today is that you have um, made quite a remarkable switch in terms of, um, we have a weekly video program called Weekend Drive that has temporarily morphed into a daily podcast. So I wanted to ask you about the decision to go with a daily podcast and you're centering on the coronavirus crisis can you tell us about that decision and what your goal is with this new podcast? Yeah, it's uh, essentially um, uh, necessity, the mother of invention. Isn't that the phrase? Um, we we were at a situation last weekend where uh, we we knew, like a lot of other companies, that we were going to be in a position of, of not being able to um, be in our headquarters in uh, Detroit where the... Um, where our Saturday show is normally filmed just because of the circumstances around uh, closing the doors and, and, and uh, having folks keep a safe distance. So without that uh, capability, it was um, kind of twofold. How do we serve our audience um, with that, with that kind of um, information at, at, at least we've, we've built a wonderful following following over the last three years with our Saturday video um, so we knew that, that that audience would would want some material. But as you know, the second piece of that is that as the coronavirus situation expanded at a rapid pace, we knew that there were many stories that needed to be told that could be told. And these were folks who had already reached out to me to tell me what their situation was, whether it was a dealer or an automaker or someone related to the supply base. And, um, and so uh, after some quick um, maneuvering on the technical side, we just decided that we would provide our audience with a daily update, um, highlighting the personalities, the people, the situations that uh, exist really around the world. And um, the first guest was Luca Ciaferi, uh, the uh, aforementioned uh, associate publisher based in uh, Northern Italy. And I thought telling his story uh, would be very compelling for our audience because Luca had already started writing a blog about his experience of being quarantined. Uh, that then followed with, um, uh, you know, just phone calls to, to, to individuals whom I've known well through the years, Mac McClarty, Jose Munoz, Flavio Volpe, um, and, and just a, a range of sectors and um, folks in different parts of our, uh, of our world. And lo and behold, we have a one o'clock daily drive 
uh, one o'clock Eastern uh, Daily Drive, um, that, which can be found at autonews.com slash daily drive. And we have, um, by early accounts, um, uh, our audience is just as strong, if not stronger, than what we were doing on Saturday um, with the video. So for now, that's that's what we'll do. And uh, I think it's, it's a case of just keeping everybody informed and telling some stories, uh, unique stories, individual stories, uh, that, that we have been uh, perhaps unable to tell um, up to this point. Well, Jason, I think that's a great service that, that, that you're offering because in these times, people are looking for constant information, constant updates on what's going on because we're all sort of in this together. One of the things that I thought was remarkable, I'd love to hear uh, some of your takeaways from your discussions with your guests this week, but I know that your discussion with Mac McClarty, I thought that was pretty remarkable how he pretty much frankly said, you know, we don't know what's going to happen from here. And, and talking about how things were sort of sailing along at a pretty good pace for the industry and then boom, all of a sudden this comes out of the blue. And uh, that was quite a, a remarkable discussion that you had with him. Do you have any um, takeaways from your talks with your guests this week? Yeah, the, the main takeaway, Leslie, is that indeed the handbrake was pulled in a hurry here uh, for, um, for, for most of our audience. And, uh, you know, they, they were all, all of them now, and, and I've, I've talked to um, uh, now six different individuals, they, ha- they were all struck by the, by the velocity and the, and the fierce nature of this. Um, in that way, they all had to adjust their businesses in a hurry, and, and every one of them did whether that was a dealer in Ohio, who you will hear from on Monday, or um, a chief marketing officer at Ally Financial, who on Friday, March 20th here, uh, will, will also explain how fast Ally moved to help its dealers with floor planning uh, assistance, including making same-day deposits to help these dealers, where normally there's a 24-hour turnaround. They are now doing same-day transactions. And by the way, also contributing money and matching uh, contributions that are made to local charities in Charlotte as well as uh, Detroit. So everybody's got a bit of a, a unique story. Uh, Jose Munoz described um, the situation of crafting the assurance program uh, with, that, with that speed, that kind of overnight um, um, uh, decision-making. They're, they're all reacting. They all don't know where it's going to go. And I think, to your point, Leslie, summed up quite well by Mac McClarty, who said, it's kind of like chasing a ghost right now. That was the one line that through this week has really resonated with me. All right, Jason, uh, that's probably a great spot to conclude uh, our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, you mentioned the, the link, but I want to uh, underscore it. Autonews.com slash daily drive is your daily podcast. And uh, as we continue to uh, navigate these uncharted waters here. We will be back in one more week with another shift podcast here. And uh, for now, we'll say uh, thank you for listening and goodbye.